0: This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from BWE League to Pro. Now, here's your host, Kelly Walker.
1: Today on Hustle and Pro, we are talking soccer, and actually a lot more than that, because we are talking to Gina Miller. Gina's been in this market and has worked for the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Stars and is now the Vice President of Media and Communications for our very own FC Dallas. Are you ready for some quick hits? I'm ready. I'm ready for quick hits. Here we go. Your favorite all-time athlete? Nolan Ryan. Your favorite team? FC Dallas! Uh, Favorite sport to watch as a
0: fan? Soccer, but if it's not soccer Basketball or volleyball? Collegiate or volleyball. I just love. I think volleyball is is it's just the choreography and the teamwork necessary is so good. What about favorite sport to play yourself? Basketball and volleyball. Yeah. Basketball and volleyball. How far?
1: What is the farthest you've ever traveled to either watch or play or be involved in a sporting event?
0: Oh well, I went to Tokyo with the Dallas Cowboys for the American Bowl in 1999 i um, been to Mexico, I mean, this industry has truly taken us all over the world. I went to Jerusalem, Israel to go run a half marathon. Um, you know, with FC Dallas, we're so fortunate to really travel the world because we do play teams in Canada, so Vancouver, Toronto, um, but probably Tokyo for the American Bowl when the Cowboys played the Falcons in 1999. One of the things I want to talk to you about is the experience that you've had in sports and
1: media you've worked with the Dallas Cowboys, the Stars, mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks, Texas Rangers, and now here at FC Dallas. So, I'm really curious cuz to me that's a dream job, right? So, I'm really curious, what is favorite memories, favorite parts about that, but also some of the the hard times that you've had. What what you know, hurdles have, have you had to overcome having this job?
0: I'll start with the with the hurdles, because you want to have a happy ending, you know? And, and the story is still being told, we understand that. I, I hope I'm only, you know, at the midpoint of the book and not near the tail end, but uh, I always wanted to be a sportscaster. It's all I ever wanted to do. Born and raised in Dallas, went to Lake Hill Prep in Lakewood, and I played every sport, because we were a small private school, and you could do that at a small private school, but played basketball, and really, if there was one sport that I excelled at, it was basketball. And I always wanted to be, from the age of 14 on, I wanted to be Bob Ortigal, the Dallas Mavericks play-by-play guy, who's now long since retired. Um, And that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about sports for a living. And fast forward a little bit, and I finally got those opportunities to talk sports for a living. But in a number of instances, I was the first woman in that particular market to be a sportscaster. And automatically, and I hate to, you know, Add gender modifiers to things to say I was the first female sportscaster, but at that time in the '90s, it really was a story. Now in 2019, it's not a story at all. But in 1996, when I was the first female sportscaster on the small island of Guam, I was the first person ever to talk San Francisco 49ers highlights. And you know, when you were a man starting in that position, there was instant credibility whether or not you knew anything about the sport. That still exists today. As a woman, there was definitely a prove it to yourself factor. And as you're a woman starting in a small market, like I was very, very inexperienced, you're gonna make mistakes. Those mistakes were magnified. Sure. Triple X, you know. Um, Following my time in Knoxville, excuse me, following my time in Guam, I worked in Knoxville, You know, which was the belly of SEC sports. Tennessee Lady Vol basketball, the Tennessee Volunteer Football Team. I was there for Peyton Manning's last year. The following year, they won a national championship. So really big sports market, still only 22 years old, made mistake after mistake after mistake. I was the first woman in that market to do sports full time. That was really, it was difficult and it really shaped a lot of of who I am, trying to Prove yourself that you know what you're doing. Trying to prove yourself that that you are qualified for this position, and, um, and and I hate to feel like I hate to say that I'm I'm still trying to prove myself more than 20 years into this career, but um, I think you know that early that early experience that I had of of being you know ridiculed in some capacity, made fun of, um, you know, really really scrutinized, still has a lasting impact on me today. But on the on the flip side. You know, it's been the most exciting career Ever, yeah. you know, I mean, I just I've gotten to cover history, whether it be the Tennessee Lady Vols winning a national championship or the Tennessee football team winning a championship. I was an intern for the Houston Rockets during the 94-95 season, where I won an NBA championship ring. Is that where? Okay, I was going to ask yeah. you where'd the ring come from. Yeah, yeah. I, it's from the Houston Rockets. I have Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler autographed photos in my office right here. That was my college graduation gift. Nice. Both of them went to University of Houston, wow. which is where I went to college, and they gave me autographed photos as my graduation gift. Um, so so just getting to cover history, being in the Mavericks locker room, I have a Mavericks pennant in my office right there. Jason Terry gave that to me, and it's still soaked in champagne. I was pregnant at the time when um, the Mavs won, so I couldn't partake of any champagne, and, and Jet was so good. I mean, that team was just so great. So, I mean, just being able to experience history and, and tell those stories and meet some of the most... Amazing and fascinating people in, in not just sports but the world. Bum Phillips, the former Houston Oilers and New Orleans Saints head coach, who's now the head, who's the father of say, Wade. Um, Wade, Wade Phillips, the mm-hmm. former Cowboys head coach and current Rams defensive coordinator. Getting to work with the Hunt family, I mean, just getting to meet these people who are pioneers and and groundbreakers in their respective industries. That's been that's been some of the, the highlights. That's the dream part yeah. of it. When you talk about trying to get or have that credibility,
1: at this point, I mean, I, I'm guessing you do that by preparing and you're always prepared for everything. Um, but then, at, have you gotten to the point where authenticity is just now you're able to? to be yourself and you don't have to prove that much anymore?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that way that, you know, I feel like I've always sort of been myself. You know, I've always worked very, very hard. I have a little mantra I say to myself, prepared, professional, and purposeful. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I want to be prepared for every story. I want to be super professional and I want to be purposeful in my actions and in, in telling that story or in that professional setting. And that's really served me well to, to help, you know, deliver that authentic experience, especially you know, I was on TV for 20 years. If you're on TV and you're an inauthentic person, you will be found out, and you won't have a career. You know, you just it just won't happen. Right. So people see it. They do. Or they see do. through it. They do. Rather, yeah. I will say, you know, as I've gotten older, though, um, I don't feel like I have to prove myself as much. I mean, I'm, I'll just I'll just say it like it is. When you're a younger woman, particularly back in the late '90s and early 2000s, walking into a locker room there were a lot of eyes on you. I mean, the eyeballs turned to you. Now that I'm a woman of a certain age, there's no one looking at me, you know? But, but you know, I've been in this market for so long that it's just not an issue anymore going into a locker room, because I know most of these guys, you know? Um, I, I will say that, that there is sort of that, that just double-take that still does exist. I've walked into a few new locker rooms, even 20-plus years into this industry, and, there, and you can automatically see the eyeballs go to you. To see who you are, what you're looking at, why you're there, and what you're going to do in there. Um, but I don't even worry about that anymore because I, I, I know who I am and I know who I am as a professional and I know I'm prepared and I'm purposeful in my story and my intentions and yeah, the confidence. Yeah, takes I, just, over. I don't worry about that anymore.
1: Good. You mentioned yeah. the voice of like Bob Ortigal. I feel like my kids will grow up with follow yep. um, well. Yeah. We, if we're not at an FC Dallas game, we're listening to one or watching one on TV. Thank you by the way. That voice. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That voice and we hear it. We hear him a lot. I love him. Um, but you also made some probably lifelong friendships with some of these
0: iconic people. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because again I grew up in Dallas, born and raised. I grew up with a Randy White doomsday defense a Dallas Cowboys defensive line poster on my wall next to my bed. I mean I was I was a sports girl from a very young age. I ended up doing a show with Randy White for eight years. I mean, I mean, dream come true for five-year-old Gina. And right. he could not be cooler. Just couldn't be cooler. I'm going to show you a picture here that's in my office. Again, I was a Mavs fan growing up. I used to measure my height to a James Donaldson poster, the former Maverick Center, who's seven feet tall. Because no, you're tall. How tall, I'm tall? Are you? 5'11". Okay. With heels on, six plus. Jim Jeffcoat, I work for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a lifelong friend. This is me when I worked for the Cowboys. I want to show you. There's There's Derek. Um, he's another one who's just a lifelong yeah. friend i mean i, I did tv Derek with derrick harper, Derek harper yeah. former mavericks point guard did tv with him for for 10 years many feel that he is the best nba player to never go to an nba all-star game um, i would tend to agree with that uh, you know and, it, and that's the sort of pinch me moment where yeah. you grow up watching these people and you end up becoming friends with them roger staubach first time i met roger staubach we're in the offices of his of his um in the hallway of his offices, I should say, at Jones Lang LaSalle in, in Dallas, and we did a shoot for Cowboys TV, and we're, just, we're tossing the ball around in, the, in the, um, the, the lobby of his offices, and he's got a trophy case. He's got the Heisman Trophy, and he's just got all of his trophies that he's yeah. won over the course of his Hall of Fame career. And he's tossing the ball, and he tossed a pretty hard spiral, and this is in his late 60s at the time, tosses me a hard spiral. I go, watch out! because I thought he was going to hit something on the on the trophy case and I'm like I just told Roger Staubach to watch out. I was like check yourself, Gina. Check yourself. But that's that's right. it being able to, you know, call these people friends. But along those lines, I just had lunch with Mark Folliwell yesterday. You know, and just being able to develop these relationships with people like him who got to cover and call World Cup matches in 2018, um, and who gets to cover Mavericks history each and every day as we're seeing Luka Doncic, Donc, Doncic, Doncic um, grow up before our eyes. Um, having those relationships with those people, it just, it's so meaningful because you can, you can talk sports and have that authentic conversation. What about Luka? How are you, are you still following and are you oh, as excited ooh. about Luka and Perzinkas is everyone else. I'm an MFFL, big time. I mean, that was, you know, I did Mavericks pre- and post-game for eight years, covered the team for more than a decade. Um, could not love that team more. I mean, I really couldn't. And and what's interesting is seeing what Luka has done for that brand, that business, the business of the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, their games, they're sold out. It's like pumping new blood. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's reinvigorating yeah. the franchise. Not that it was... It struggled though, admittedly, from a performance standpoint on the court. And even from a business standpoint, what he's able to do is remarkable. I had a conversation with um, somebody at Fanatics, the online merchandise um, retailer, and he said that Mavericks, and don't quote me on this, I'm I'm generalizing here, but he said Mavericks business, Mavericks sales are up more than 100% year over year. Luca is responsible for around, again don't quote me on this, around 75% of that year over year increase. Wow. It doesn't
1: surprise me. He's amazing. He's a game changer. Now, not that this is anything official, I'm just curious on your opinion. If, if you had it your way, if you had to guess what Dirk would be doing a year from today, a couple of years from, where do
0: where you want him to be? Uh, well, you know, he's a father now. He has three children, I believe. I think he's going to be a dad. I mean, just being home, being a dad here in Dallas. Um, we're just south of us in Dallas, I should say, we're recording this at Toyota Stadium in Frisco. Um, he's a very engaged father, I know that for a fact. You know, he plays tennis with his kids, they take piano lessons, um, you know, and, and I love what he's doing. I mean, he, he's, not, he's, trying, he's not trying to make this particular year a victory lap for him, and I really appreciate that, because that's just not him. So I do think he's going to be spending time with his family. I will be interested to see what his involvement is with basketball. Because mm-hmm. he's an athlete at heart. I mean, he played handball, plays tennis. Um, what, what's that next step for him? I probably won't go into coaching because that's, that's hard work. I mean, part that's of me just thinks
1: that I hope that it stays with the organization. Because yeah. part of why some of these guys are wanting to come here is because of Dirk. Mm-hmm. So it'll be tough if he is not part of the, the team still in some capacity. I know, I don't know what that looks like, but... I love him too. I I want him to go far.
0: He'll always have a home there. There's no question. Mark Cuban's made that very, very clear.
1: So you talk about him being a father. You're a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know much if you're a
0: sports parent or not, but are you? I am. My daughter plays soccer and basketball, and wants to play tennis. Okay. What's your sports parent personality? Are you intense? Are you you like crazy soccer mom or are you chill about it? I'm crazy basketball mom because I play basketball. And we go to, we play upward basketball in Dallas where we don't keep score. It's very hard when you are paid to go to games to enjoy a game as a fan you know, whenever I go to a game, I'm either covering a game, telling the story of a game, working a game in some capacity. I'm never sitting at a game just drinking a beer and, and chest bumping someone in the Platinum Club. You know right. what I mean? That's just, that's right. just not You're not really supposed to right. cheer and enjoy. That's not my game day experience. Yeah. So so it's even, I've even found myself just kind of sitting there at her games when something happens. I'm like, oh, I got to cheer. I got to cheer because it's just so inherently natural for me just to sit and watch a game and process. So I do try to be a little bit. Um, I, I probably overcompensate on the cheering part and the gesturing part because I because I'm so used to not doing that.
1: That's good though. Yeah. Do you have an intensity though about um, pushing her to be serious or you know play at a higher level and go go go
0: because you're a you live that world so much. Yeah, and I want her to have fun with it. I definitely want her to have fun with it because you know I grew up and I I grew up playing basketball and volleyball and I ran track, but um, I. My first real hobby, if you will, or extracurricular, act, extracurricular activity was riding horses. I showed Arabian horses growing up. Actually rode horses right here in the land that Toyota Stadium occupies. Oh. And um, there was a real intensity aligned with that. If you're going to be successful in the horse world, in the, in the equestrian Area you just you got to be there eight hours a day, you know, maybe be homeschooled and that just that just wasn't me And it almost turned me off on the competitive aspect of that. So I I would never want to do that with Jordan I certainly hope that she pursues an athletic Endeavor because I just love sports so much and they've enriched my life so much and I think they make you feel better about yourself And they teach you so many life lessons from time management to leadership and teamwork I hope that she finds one that she's really passionate about, or a few that she's really passionate about. But I certainly would not be that intense. You must do this kind of person. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah. Just to
1: let them enjoy it. Yeah. And they'll naturally find their path in it. And if not, you know, I'm learning as a sports parent. It's not. It's not necessarily what I expect. Mm-hmm. But they'll make their own path, and it might be something new to our family. Are your kids playing soccer? Um, yeah, our son has been playing soccer since he could walk pretty much because he started soccer shots here and um, his dad, my husband, and his buddy's dad played in college together. So there's just this little group of boys that has played together and now they're eight and a half. So yeah, he still plays. My husband plays indoor and, you play. and outdoor. Okay, so I play. I play when y'all ask me to play. <laughs> there you go. And I'm glad I did. It was super fun. I mean, I played high school soccer and for fun intramural soccer in college, but it's not my it's not my thing. I mean, I get it. I know how to do it. My body doesn't do it like it's supposed to anymore. So,
0: yeah. What about you? Do you do do you still get to play sports? I wish I did. I would love to go play volleyball and basketball. I'll get out there. Jordan has basketball practice today. I will get out there uh, and, and just shoot and dribble and try and teach her how to do a layup and rebound and you know hustle after the ball kind of thing. She just doesn't even listen to me, doesn't even listen. I wish I did. I never played tennis or anything of that nature because I have terrible you know extension coordination. I'm, gr- I'm great with my hands on a ball. I can catch it. I have real good hand-eye coordination there, but man, I played softball. I struck out more than than anyone on the team because i just i i just my hand with an extension of of something just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me the racket so I, and the yeah it work, just yeah. doesn't doesn't work for me so i wish i, then I did then probably no golf no no oh god i'm terrible yeah. i'm i don't have the patience for talking that fast yes is, but don't have the patience i would rather work out and run for four hours than, than play around the golf yeah yeah
1: fantastic well thank you for sitting down with me i know we could We have enough to talk about for several podcasts and (laughs) I will be back. I know I will if you'll have me, but I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You guys are kicking off the FC Dallas season as we speak and traveling and all kinds of things going on here at Toyota Stadium and keeping you busy. So thank you for your time. Thanks for having me.